Rediscover Cupid, Bacchus, Hermes, Medusa, and other beloved mythological heroes and gods at the Getty Villa, an enchanting recreation of an ancient Roman country house in a quiet canyon overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Discover masterpieces never before on view and explore the Getty Museum's Greek, Roman, and Etruscan treasures. The Getty Villa, located just one mile north of Sunset Boulevard on the Pacific Coast Highway. Reserve your free tickets today at getty.edu villa. Hello and welcome to Motherhood in Hollywood podcast, episode number 59. Um, Aren't you guys glad that I don't sing the intro to every show? Everyone would be like, episode one and I'm out. Uh, But I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad. I'm also glad, you guys, that I have a sponsor. That's right. Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Up for Probiotics. If you've ever been in the vitamin and supplement aisle at your local Target store, then chances are you've probably seen Up for Probiotics there on the shelf. I'll tell you, Up for has been manufacturing probiotic supplements and only probiotic supplements since 1979. You guys, they have a clinically studied, trademarked, super strain. And it's one of the very few strains studied to be beneficial for people of all ages. That means you can find a probiotic for anyone in your family from infants to senior citizens. So if you've ever been interested in checking out a probiotic, now's the time to do it. Go to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the up for probiotics image. That'll take you right to up for where you can learn more about all of the probiotics available to you. So you guys take a minute and show my sponsor a little bit of love. It makes the world go round. Am I right? I'm right. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. I hope you're having a wonderful week. Uh, everyone watching the Olympics. I've been watching it a little bit uh, whenever I can, whenever there's time to turn it on and cheering them on. I get so teary eyed. I hate to admit this now. It makes me such a wiener, but I get really teary eyed and emotional whenever they cut to, especially in the gymnastics competitions, they cut to the parents of these gymnasts and they're sitting in the stands and mom and dad are just so proud and they get teary eyed. And I sit there and I'm like, Oh God, because I feel that way. Like whenever Channing, you know, does even the smallest task, I'm like, Oh God, you're so amazing. Um, it's totally ridiculous. I know, but what can I say? She makes me mushy. Uh, which is a big admission for me because everyone who knows me knows I'm basically heartless. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, this episode, you guys. I, I got to geek out a little bit and do a little podcast nerdy stuff with my guest today. My guest is Ellie Noss. She has a hugely popular podcast. It's always in the top like 100, 150-ish uh, of the iTunes kids and family section. Her show is called Atomic Moms. Ellie, like me, is also an actress, a podcaster. She writes for the Huffington Post. And we explored how podcasting, because she started, I believe she started her podcast a few months, maybe like six months before mine. And um, we explore why we felt the need as these creative types to um, sort of bust out of, of our shell that we're in 
and try something new and try something different. And quite frankly, how we've sort of fallen in love with podcasting and what it is about the podcasting community that keeps us coming back for more. So I'm excited to share that interview with her. And also she talks about the challenges she faces um, being a mom and an actress and, you know, what's changed, what's changed in her perspective over the last few years as an actress and how she views Hollywood differently now. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with you guys. And before we do that, though, I quickly want to mention a couple of things, do a little housekeeping. Go to motherhoodandhollywood.com. Make sure you subscribe um, to my blog. I've been posting a lot there, you guys. You, If you've listened to the show at all, you've heard me say time and time again, I really want to make a concentrated effort to start writing more for the blog, and I've been doing that. So make sure you can stay in touch with me and keep up with all the blog posts that are coming out. You just go to motherhoodandhollywood.com and click on the subscribe. Uh, there's a little like section there you can fill out your email, and that way you can keep up with my blog post up there right now. I'm doing a giveaway. What free stuff I'm doing a giveaway. It's sort of, I'm calling it a back to school giveaway because I don't know. I just saw a bunch of posts. Why did I make that weird noise? I swear I'm not drunk. Just tired. Um, I, uh, I've been seeing everybody like posting about back to school, back to school. So I was like, I want to post something about back to school. And, uh, so I hooked up with, uh, some beats by Dre earbuds and they are bomb so I want to give them away to one of my um awesome listeners and blog readers so that could be you go to motherhoodandhollywood.com enter the giveaway on the little raffle raffle copter section there and in uh two weeks I'm gonna pick a winner and it could be you yay for winning I also wrote a post uh about breastfeeding it's national breastfeeding month uh I got real honest about what it's like at least what it was like for me that nobody warned me about that breastfeeding is painful and that you get dry and sore nipples. Nobody talks about that. Well, I did. I put it on my website and, um, I got a, some wonderful response on Twitter, especially, um, I want to give a special hello to Maria Jose Ovalle. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm nailing that. Uh, it's at, I am Ma Jose Ovalle. Yes. So um, I want to give a a special hello to her because we had this exchange about breastfeeding on Twitter. And I was like, you know what? I give no Fs. It is something we need to talk about. It is something natural and wonderful and beautiful that women can do. And I love that we're having such open discussions about it. So go to motherhoodandhollywood.com. Check out the breastfeeding post that I did. And speaking of Twitter as well, I want to say hello, of course, to a couple new followers. And thank you to at SoCal underscore Scully, Kyle Scully, for suggesting, because last week I was kind of mumbling through like what to call this. He suggested we call it the mom mentions. I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to use it. Thanks, Kyle. I'm going to start calling these the mom mentions, um, for everybody who's found me on Twitter. That's at M I H podcast. I want to say hello really quickly to Lisa Pellegrine. Hi, thank you for following us. Rebecca Grant at Rebecca Grants, uh, on Twitter, Angela Fry. Uh, who else is in here? Oh, Tiffany and Danielle at meet the Kleiners. Thank you so much. You guys for taking the time to find MIH podcast over on Twitter. Uh, Shane Moore, Wendy Braun, 
Um, seriously, I appreciate the support, even if it's just in the form of a couple of likes and retweets and all that stuff. If you haven't found me yet over on Facebook and Instagram, do that too. I like to post completely ridiculous, uh, things <laughs> for the, for those of you who've been following for a while, you know, um, I have a very low filter threshold. So it just kind of like whatever comes out, comes out. You're welcome. All right. So that's it for me right now for my mommy monologue, my mommy monologue. I'm going to get right into my interview with the host of the Atomic Moms podcast. Here's Ellie Noss. Yeah. I just saw Cabaret. Did you see it? I haven't. Is uh, it at the Pantages? It just ended. Um, made me think of that. Yeah. Because it's, it's very terrifying German. and very dark. Yeah. There it takes is place in um, Berlin during World War II. Have you heard of the workout class? It's called 567 Sweat. No. I, I just got so excited. Love it. Okay. So there's Stop this it. class I tried a few no months way. ago, Tell and it's all Broadway musical just shut up. workout. Just stop it. Isn't it amazing? Five, six, seven, eight. That's it exactly. That What is that from? Chorus Line. Chorus Line. I was like, wait a minute. I think they just did a number from Chorus Line. I was just watching an old family home video for my parents, and my brother is nine years old at the time, or he's nine years younger than me, right? So he's a newborn, and my poor stepmother is just like strung out on the couch, and I am practicing for dance troupe. And it's just like da na 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 na, and then it. and then they like cut to like seven hours later, and I'm still in the corner practicing. Oh, it. that's so cute! <laughs> I would love to join that class. It's so much fun. So they do it in Hollywood. They used to do it in North Hollywood, and now they do it just in Hollywood at the Edge Studio, I think. Oh, cool! And every week it meets twice a week, and every week they do a workout routine combination from a Broadway show. Like that's an actor's dream. And for me, yes. I was never on Broadway. I'm a horrible singer. I'm even worse dancer, but to be able to like combine it, it's more of like a workout too, but you're oh, still yeah. doing the moves. Oh my God. So fun. You should oh, check it out. If I'm you get a chance, if you it. love that kind of this working out, it's like so much fun. Dream. It's so great. That, that made me think of when you said cabaret, because the last time I was in class, we did a cabaret Ooh, number. Which cabaret. one did you do? Was it super um, sexy? Tell me there was a chair you straddled. It was, oh my God, which one was it? I have to have a look it up. I haven't slept since uh, then. Don't Tell Mama? No. I think it was the main song. Cab- Life is a Cabaret. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think it's the one. I think that's the big one. <laughs> um, so you like to dance. Is that how you got into acting then? It is, actually. And do you do still musical theater? No. I, I uh, have the tragic story of being uh, an actor-dancer, which, by the way, there's like three roles in all of uh, Broadway history or musical history that requires a uh, actor, dancer, not singer. Not singer. Um, so that put an end to that for me. Oh, no. But uh, yeah, I started with dance when I was really little. Um, mm-hmm. Was completely obsessed with it. And then in high school, I went to a performing and visual arts high school in Houston, the one that Beyonce went to. Beyonce. And um, I did theater there because I think I was like, I was mm-hmm. always in a worry wart and I was like well if I'm a dancer it all ends for me at 30 I should be an oh, actor yeah there's because that there's a real future in that <laughs> and look at us now um I do have to ask you this when I was doing my research sa- uh, slash stalking of you I just got a little nervous I not about the stalking just the research I saw that you went to Smith College yeah 
And I kind of geeked out a little bit because my best friend Nikki went there and I've been there many times. (laughs) Is that random? Why have you been there? Because I helped her one time between our freshman and sophomore year in college. I helped her move. So we just like took a car. I went to Oklahoma State University, which is world different. Yeah. Um, And so we just got in the car and we were moving all of her stuff up there, like had a total buddy road trip. I should write a movie about it. It was really hilarious because she is super lesbian and I was like super girly. And it was just like these could not be more opposite gals on the road. But I love her more than life. So it it was just so much fun. And we went to Northampton and... um, it's the lesbian the capital of the world. It is. She loves that. She wears it like it's her badge oh, of yeah. honor. Like, we've got more lesbians than anybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, we had so much fun. We went to all these coffee shops. And, you know, it was it had a very, very New England feel to it. Yeah. They call I was it surprised Berk- at how many hills. And, Berkeley of the East. Yeah. Of like, uh, I'd say radically <clears throat> liberal in yeah. a proud way. Um, yes. But also, yeah, it's in the Berkshires. So so pretty. It's so pretty. It's weird because Nancy Reagan went there and Barbara Bush went there. So it has this Lesbians. sort of... Lesbians. No. <laughs> uh, so it has this... Uh, oh, and we still would always have Fridays. We'd have afternoon tea at the Oh, yeah. Dorms, she told right? me to ask you about that. She said, ask her about Friday tea and what you think about chalking. Oh. Well, I don't know about chalking. I guess oh. just that everybody draws on the sidewalk. Oh, maybe that's it. I got in trouble there oh. um, because we built a snow we built a snow penis one night, uh, on <laughs> like campus, you do, in as you do, um, and uh, and then some of the students got offended by the snow penis, and so there was this big thing mm. on like the website that everyone would write on about, you know, penises are weapons. And it was this big thing. And I took a free speech stance, which was (laughs) good for you. Be like, if I want to build a snow penis, if my friends want to build a snow penis, let us build a snow penis. Uh, (laughs) But there was a lot of snow. So, um, yeah, the tea was interesting because it's like girls are in combat boots. And so it was this weird uh, thing where the past, you know, everyone's in pearls and cardigan sweaters, and it's like the great. All everybody's grandmother went to Smith, oh. and present day, it's totally the opposite. But I loved it. Yeah, I, I didn't really like being there when I was there. Yeah, at times, but I think I'd be a totally so different sort person of like if I hadn't gone. They're rebelling against that stereotype of the pearls and the sweater, the palm olive mom, you yeah. know, kind of thing. Oh, totally interesting. Well, that that makes a lot of sense because Nikki is totally like that. She's just like rebelling against any sort of you know, stereotype like I, that. I feel like that campus is always 10 years ahead. And she asked me to, rest of she told world. me to ask you about what house you lived in. What yeah, does I that lived mean? in Wilson house. Wilson house. What uh, does that mean? So that's the one in the middle of the quad that has the bell tower. So, I mean, honestly, it looks like an Abercrombie catalog. Mm. I mean, so that's, what's so crazy. So about, and kind of special about the school is it's so beautiful. Um, and everybody is, you know, very smart and, uh, politically active and slightly damaged because you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like Sylvia Plath went there. Right, like right. A high, yeah. I remember her We're talking about that. Like dark and brooding, <clears throat> I would say. So when I went there, I was mm-hmm. like you um, coming from Texas. I was uh, very like cheery and to- yeah. totally Elwoods. Yeah. I was so yeah. Fish out of and water. they were like, uh, who is this bitch? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh the, my, my God. nickname in the theater department was Malibu Barbie. Oh my God. And I'd always get to play the antagonist because oh. 
they saw like the blonde, you the know, blonde hetero hair, blue white eyes. woman yeah. as the antagonist. So How I got to play like the real bitchy roles. It was great. Oh, I love that though. Yeah. So you were the- you were in theater there, and then you went to Chicago. Oh. Did I read you in Chicago and then L.A.? You really did. Do I know. I, like I feel so important. Um, you are. Every okay. person that comes on my show is important. Thank you. I feel validated now. I, if only I could just like remember this <clears throat> for the past 10 years of being an actress in LA. Right. Um, so my first day of college at Smith, uh, it was amazing because there was a guest director and he was auditioning for uh, the play The Children's Hour. And the guest director was Austin Pendleton, and he's a Tony-nominated director, and he is an ensemble member of Steppenwolf in Chicago. Cool. So I got cast as Mary Tilford, the evil girl, <laughs> um, in that. And through my experience working with him in that, uh, he encouraged me to apply to uh, school at Steppenwolf, which was their their, mm-hmm. their professional acting residency. So I got to drive to New York awesome. with my best friend, Darcy, uh-huh. Um, the morning after this huge uh, abnormal psychology exam we had that morning, then we got in the car, we're driving to New York in my Texas Jeep. I, I can't believe I didn't wreck it. My ears were popping because I had the worst sinus infection. She was helping me try to learn my lines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm auditioning in New York. Oh, I love that. There's just something, there's so much joy in that when you're first starting off as an actor, you have stars in your eyes so many hopes and dreams and everything is just like oh my gosh you know so much wonder and now I find that I'm like I have an audition what am I gonna do with my child totally (laughs) totally different so different and I think because I was really sick and because I was so exhausted um when I right before I went into the room and my ears like I couldn't hear myself you know when you're popping your ears like that um that I was able to just like let it go and have fun I was almost loopy Mm-hmm. And, and you so didn't, it went well. The obsession over every line hasn't really set in yet, right? No. And I hadn't failed a lot. Yeah. So like I was winging it and um, I cared a lot, but I, I just let it go in the room and had a great time. And um, so, yeah, that was amazing because I was the youngest member in that group in Chicago that next summer. And so uh, <clears throat> that was totally mind-blowing and I wish I could go back again. Because once I got there, the insecurity started to set in. And you started to psych yourself out a little bit. I think it was all downhill from there. No, (laughs) I think we all do that. Like it's hard not to, because it's something you want so bad. And once you've gotten there so often where you're like, this is it, this could be the game changing part. And then when it doesn't, you start to just really beat yourself up and, and question like, am I doing the right thing? And that's something I've actually been going through a lot lately. Like, what am I doing here? I know it's not to be a podcaster forever, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like it's gotta be some kind of end game, um, to all of this. So I know, but that's so stressful, right? It's so stressful because you would put pressure on ourselves for sure. And it's gotta feel good. Like you with your sponsor and everything. It's, it's tough though. Cause it's always like, yeah, what is, especially Mm -hmm. when you have a child, it becomes like, okay, well, if I have to have a sitter for this, mm-hmm. I don't know. You start valuing your time in a different way. I would Absolutely. feel that way with commercial auditions. I'd be like, how much is this oh commercial God. audition going to cost me? I know. But we also have to like give some space to, we don't know. And yeah. like amazing things are happening every day, especially when you're like in the right flow of things. Right. right? Um, so why, so tell me a little bit, we were talking earlier about atomic moms. How did that come about? Did it come about for you because you were needing that that creative space or, um, I think I was needing the creative space. I had been writing a lot, which was great, but I was doing that, 
totally in private and never really giving anything to anyone to read. Yeah. Um, and Are I'm you writing like shows you mean very, or like books? Or? I was writing a book on anxiety mm. uh, called Calm the Fuck Down, which, <laughs> sorry, first. Be- <laughs> oh my God, I okay. swear like crazy. Um, <laughs> so uh, who knows if that'll ever see the light of day. What was great about the podcast is it's every week mm-hmm. and, you know, you got to put yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, so that's such a good test for me. Otherwise, I'm very productive and I just never share it with anyone. Yeah. Um, but Do you have anxiety? Is that why you're... Yes. I, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to have. And then that was because of acting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny how something we love so much can cause so many problems. Yeah. I went to a, um, I went to a sports psychologist... Um, after my daughter was born, I was like, you know what? I really want to get in the right headspace to go mm-hmm. back into auditions. And so I went to this sports psychologist and he, and I started talking about the podcast and I was really lit up and I was so excited about it. And then he's like, okay, and how about acting? What's, what's the why for why you're at, you know, why are you acting? Right. And I like could not come up with a good why. Oh, wow. Other than, um, that I didn't want to seem like a quitter. Yeah. And it felt like I had already put so much time into it. Yeah. Um, because everything that the I wanted from acting, I was actually getting from the podcast. Yeah. That's an interesting point because there I do, I do ask myself the why and I wonder now, am I, do I still continue to pursue acting because it's what I've always done since I've been here in LA or, and, or do I really think like, Oh, I'm going to make it. You know, and then I just did an interview with Risa Brayman Garcia and she's like, well, what is your definition of making it? Great she's like, question. are you creatively fulfilled? Then you've made it. And I'm like, uh, is your definition of making it being on the red carpet and being on us weekly? You know, then that's a different definition. So for me lately, I've been struggling with what is my definition of making it? <clears throat> and I've always sort of attached a monetary value to making mm-hmm. it. Do I have enough money? Am I supporting myself as an actor? Um, that to me means I've made it. Well, that could also mean um, making enough money on my podcast or making money on a commercial, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, that sort of thing. I don't know. It's a, it's I fluctuate a lot. This podcast has caused me to ask a lot of internal questions right? because I get to, I'm interviewing everybody who has great perspectives and different perspectives and it's making me rethink stuff. Does that make sense? Totally. I feel like it's like a daily <laughs> process for me. Um, and that's, I think, to distill down like, why, yeah, the, the why. Why do you want to do this thing? Or what makes me feel fulfilled about the podcast? It's connecting with other people. It's mm-hmm. about sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about being honest and vulnerable and like letting my hair down. These are all things that I loved about acting. And then I thought about it and I was like, well, I'm not in a theater company. Um and the things I was going out for recently, like that stuff wasn't great. being met. Oh, yeah. Like I wasn't sharing stories about people yeah. whose voices aren't being heard, especially at like playing like the right. bitchy skinny white girl. <laughs> so I, I started realizing like, oh, I'd rather spend, because I wasn't making enough money as an actor anyway to support the, my family. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this time I can spend driving somewhere and auditioning. I can spend... Um, where, where nothing might come of it, I can spend on the podcast. And that yeah. might change for me. Like, I loved acting. And everyone out there who's listening who's an actor, mm-hmm. like, 
actors are the best creatures on the planet. They are. Like, they're the truth tellers. They're the funny ones. They're the, like, they are the ones you want to have at your wedding dancing. Yep. Like, it's, they're the best. And I just, I, this industry kind of sucks really hard. And it sucks the life out of the actor. Yeah, it does. When we can talk about what we like doing, everyone lights up. And then when we talk about, like, oh, what's the next thing you're doing? Or just the constant shame. I read one of your blog posts about like not wanting to say you're an Mm -hmm. actor. And I was like, yes. It it is an embarrassment uh, sometimes because always that follow-up question is, oh, what have you been on? Or what what can I see you in? And I'm like, you can see me in my living room when I'm watching TV. (laughs) And and you're like, and it's never enough, right? Like whatever the thing is, it's never enough. Like I'll tell people, oh, I was on The Office. And they're like, oh yeah, what part did you play? And then I have to go back through and be like, well, it was like three lines. It was no big deal. I watched your comedy reel. If any listener has not watched your comedy reel, (laughs) they must go and watch it right now. It's hilarious. And reels are tough because they're like these little bite-sized chunks of a performance. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really hard to actually get people to laugh watching them because it's like out of context it's totally out and of context you are so yeah. hilarious oh and it's very it. clear that you're that's meant nice. to be doing this that's so nice thank you i mm-hmm. i do feel that way but it, when people ask me that like what do you do i'm always like i tend to want to start with with oh i'm a writer because then right. i notice in la nobody follows up you know like what have you written it's right. always just like oh yeah everybody is a writer but when you're an actor oh what have you been in yeah Who do there's you know? curiosity what have you there's a big but then curiosity. there's always the undercut i it just, it's an interesting deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so what have you been in? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> exactly. I may or may not yes, be in the Bull me. pilot. Uh, there's a show called oh, yeah, Bull, Bull coming out uh-huh. on CBS this fall. And I went to New York to shoot the pilot, um, a scene in it. And I may or may not be in it. We'll see. I hope you are. Time will tell. My friend Katie is a publicist for CBS television. Oh, cool. So maybe I'll text her and ask her if you're in it. No. Oh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> I'd be like, is my friend Ellie in that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Okay, so maybe, hopefully Bull. Hopefully, because you just never know. Um, but you've also done Undateable. Yeah. And then did I read that you wrote a TV show or a... Oh, I've written a million web series, which was web always series, really yeah. fun. Uh, one is called Chelsea and Kelsey yeah. are Really Good Roommates. And we did that one. Uh, my best friend, Claire Coffey, she's on Grimm. She and I wrote that a million years ago um, about these two assholes uh, living in L.A. together. And then when I was pregnant, we revisited the project, and it was as though they were still living together, but my character was pregnant. So we, we shot one. We shot some of the episodes like a week before I gave birth. Mm-hmm. So oh it's a nice gosh. little time capsule. I love that. But it was fun, and uh, we had a really good time with that. And then I did a web series called Married, Single, Divorced. Yeah. Because I was a married one. And we sat on a bed and interviewed guests. And that was my first time ever interviewing. So oh, like, like that, that was a fun like. Yeah, and you don't do that anymore? Podcast. You stop doing that one? No, but my, uh, my girlfriends, who I did it with, Crystal Angel and Deanna Russo, were always kind of like talking about maybe bringing it back somehow. Yeah, that's such a good idea. You should. Everybody needs really to, is, is needs to get some kind of other outlet instead of waiting for that TV show call or waiting that, for that film. Right. And I got, a, should be I waiting got a huge forever. audition oh, through Married, Single, Divorced, actually. What? See, that is such a great testament yeah, to like the, creating your own stuff. That's this great. This huge casting director was looking up actually the guest on the show and um, – uh, or she, she was looking up the guest that we had and so she watched our video because it came up mm-hmm. and then she called me in 
and it was a part that was perfect for me. I didn't get it, <laughs> but it was perfect for me. And it was so cool because you realize like, oh, if you just put yourself out there, uh-huh. if you're being creative, if you show people what you've got and who you are, yeah. they, they will find you and call you in. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing for actors. I'm always telling my babysitter this. Poor. Is she an actor? Yeah. <laughs> I've Poor Marissa. She's like so sick of hearing me because oh. like I put it all on her. I'm like, look, you gotta. Sabrina's napping. Why aren't you writing your show? Right, right. <laughs> oh my god, that's so nice. I've requested no actors for my uh, babysitter. Like I have a service that I use sometimes, yeah. and I've requested no actors only because, and everyone's gonna be like, what a bitch. But only because no. whenever auditions come up and I have an actor who's here watching my child. They want to know what my audition's for, who's my agent. I I actually had an actor ask me one time, like, oh, who's your manager? You know, if you don't mind, would you put in a word for me? And I'm like, you're here to take care of my daughter. Right. So it was always just made me feel kind of oogie. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, you know, it's really tough on the one hand. It usually means that like our babysitter's wonderful and she's so empathetic Mm -hmm. and like talk about being able to like sing and dance Basically, there's like a yeah. an edge performance class in our living room. Oh my gosh, that's um, so fun! Yeah, they've, they're so, so it's, dynamic. It's great, but you are always wondering, like, oh, will they actually be available today? Yeah, they might get the audition. Yep, exactly. It's really tricky. It's really tricky. Um, but yeah, with Undateable, so my husband wrote that show uh, with Bill Lawrence, who everybody knows from Scrubs and mm-hmm. um, and Spin City, and. The female lead on that show, Bianca Kylik, this is going back to your question about mm-hmm. the birth of the podcast. Um, the female lead on the show, Bianca, her husband is Mike Catherwood. So he does a bunch of stuff with Dr. Drew, including Loveline, which I think just ended. I think it ended because I literally ended. used to drive home every Sunday night and listen to Loveline all oh the way home God, from work. It. And it hasn't been on lately. And I keep going, why yeah. isn't it on? Did it move times or what? I think it um, ended. Yeah, so that's so weird. That's been around forever. I ha- had Sabrina, and um, that's my daughter, and she's now almost three. Mm. And Bianca just had had her daughter, Magnolia. And so we did, like, the parents and the babies out yes. to brunch thing. And I said to Bianca, because she's got this, like, really dreamy voice and this wonderful, mm-hmm. like, really open, accepting, fun personality. I was like, why don't you and Mike, have you ever thought about doing a parenting podcast? Yeah. Um, and, and she looked at Mike and then she was like, well, why don't, why don't we? Yeah. And I was like, um, well, I can think of like 50 reasons, Ah. like (laughs) my voice, like oversharing. Um, and so I said, sure. Cause I'm really good at coming up with ideas. Yeah. It's really fun to have someone hold your hand and then like pull you off the diving board. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we started it, um, and it was going really well. We had a lot of fun, fun dynamic. And then the last season of Undateable was so busy because they did it live mm-hmm. and she lives in Venice and they were shooting in War- at Warner Brothers. There was no time. She had to be a mom too. Yeah. And and um, and so she was like, look, we have this baby. We could do it occasionally. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, but I like doing it every week. Yeah. And she's like, I have zero ego. That's funny Take how you did, you were baby. a little resistant at first and now, and now you're the one that's that like, crazy? no, we have to do this every week. Isn't it's it so totally great. Crazy? Yeah. I think people, once they start podcasting, get a little addicted to it Yeah, because one, the instant feedback you get from people who are listening to your show and who seem to enjoy it is really fulfilling, especially if you're an actor who's waiting for the phone to ring for yeah. anything. <laughs> 
like you know yeah it's it's definitely fulfilling that way so that's interesting how that the tie the tie turn a little bit she was like I'm good (laughs) and I'm like no I need more this is like my heroin uh because she uh but thank god like it's just crazy how everything works out like I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful of that the first like 50 episodes we had together um because also like she really helped me share my voice Okay, we're going to get right back to our interview with Ellie in just a minute. I want to take a second, though, to tell you a little bit more about Up4 Probiotics and what they've done in our family. As a matter of fact, we've used Up4's Kids Cubes. They are specially formulated with their trademarked super strain of probiotics for kids. Channing has had some dietary issues, some gut issues since she was born and up four kids cubes have made all the difference. So if you want to check out up four, definitely do that. You can go to motherhoodinhollywood.com and click on the up four probiotics image that will take you right to up four where you can read more about their clinically studied and trademarked super strain. They've been making probiotics and only probiotics since 1979. They have products available for everyone in your family from infants to senior citizens, and they were formulated by one of the top probiotic experts in the world, Dr. Gregory Lair. Go right now, motherhoodandhollywood.com, click on the Up4 Probiotics image and find out how Up4 Probiotics can help you create a happier inside. She's out there with everything. Yeah, um, she's no holds barred. Yeah, she'll share like every moment ever. And I'm a little more like, well, will my mom talk to me again? Aww. So uh, it was a good exercise in that. Yeah. And so now do you feel like you're, since you're doing it by yourself, because I do mm-hmm. my show by myself yeah. too, and it is literally just me, me and the guest. Yeah. Do you feel now like you have any barriers still up? Do you feel like you're still a little guarded on your show or... Cause I, in the back of my mind, am, am still always cognizant. I mean, I'm always true to myself, but I'm still always cognizant of the fact that I'm an actor and I don't know that I would ever go on the show and like bash a, a director or say something horrible about a producer. You know what I mean? Like right. I would never do that. I wouldn't necessarily well, do that like anyway. you're also like a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know that I would also do that anyway, but I'm also Whoa, sort I of- hope you never quit cause you're going to be a <laughs> raging bitch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but that's, I mean, I guess I would never do that anyway, but I'm always sort of cognizant of like, I don't know who's listening. Yeah. I think that there's a responsibility. Yeah. Uh, Also, because you never know when that person's going to listen later, right? Mm -hmm. So there have been times when I've wanted to share a story about my mom or like things are like, we're kind of funky in a moment, but I don't know if she's going to listen to that episode six months later. It's almost like someone reading your diary. Sure. And then they're like, suddenly really angry and you're like yeah. but that was six months ago yeah but they just read it now I think about that because at the beginning of my show I do a little like mommy monologue where I talk about mm-hmm. um myself and yeah. <laughs> and I think about that because I don't know what I said a year ago like I don't remember yeah. what I was saying or what I was talking about or how much I revealed and so um I I'm definitely more honest and open than I thought I would be and for sure now than I was back then back then I was just so nervous Mm. Um, and I've sort of mm-hmm. grown into comfortability with it now yeah. that I've done it almost 60 times. So I know. Congratulations. Yay. Thanks. I mean, that's so huge. It's, it is huge. And I think about the amount of work and I know you do too every week that I put into it and it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. 
So you still enjoy doing your podcast. And I'm, yeah, I'm completely obsessed. Every week I'm freaking out because I've got some new book to read. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was the other funny thing with Bianca. She's such a like free spirited hippie uh, and always just really trusting that the question would come in the moment. And so she, she would never read the books. Oh, wow. and I have to like read every word. Yeah. And I actually had a guest on a few weeks ago and she came over to my house. Uh, Penguin Random House had like set up the interview. She sat down and she goes, so did you read the book? Uh, uh, and you were like, yes. And I was like, thank God I read the yeah. book. Yeah. Thank God I read it. <laughs> well, I think too, there's so many times, even when people like who have been in films and TV shows, when they get to sit down with an interviewer and they're like, so did you, have you seen the show? Have you watched the film? Yeah. Because I think it's important when someone's sitting across from you, especially in your house to take the time to know about them and learn about them so that it's not like, so what do you do? Cause that's an awkward right. interview. <laughs> right. Especially if you're an actor. Right. Um, well, I say I'm an actor, yeah. but I spend the majority of my time wondering when I'm getting an audition right, and exactly. then regretting I the things I did in the last audition. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, oh, I would say all of your hard work then is definitely paying off because atomic moms is consistently in the top of the iTunes charts. Uh, and I'm wondering like, why do you think that is? What do you think it is that people are sort of gravitating towards your show? Because it's very successful show. Thank you. Um, hmm. I'm going to take a moment. It's so funny because it's like, it's hard for me to accept that. Right. It's like right. years as an actor of just being like, uh, not getting that. Yeah. <laughs> so thank yeah. you. I'll take it in. Okay. Uh, why do I think, okay. I would say that it's, I'm really interested in sort of the messiness of motherhood. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the good and the bad. I like to talk to people who have sort of been through hell and come out the other side mm-hmm. and are positive people. Yeah. Um, I love talking to parenting experts who wouldn't call themselves experts, mm-hmm. uh, even though they have best-selling books, because it's all about connection for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I always wanted that growing up. Like I have a blended family and my parents got divorced when I was really little. Um, and my mom's, you know, has an amazing husband, but she's on her third marriage. So there's a lot of people coming in and out of my life. And so I think I've always craved that connection. Mm-hmm. And it's, for me, has been this exciting process of learning to reparent myself, which is sort of like a really, probably like, it's a, hippie or therapeutic thing to say. <laughs> I but, know what you mean. I understand what you mean, though. But to learn sort of yeah. how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to take from my parents, like the good things, and what am I going to shed? And where am I going to focus my energy? And what are the things about myself that I I need to work on with myself so that I'm not, you know, handing it over to my daughter later? Sort of right. like that need for external validation right. that most actors suffer from right exactly we all um and so every week it's like this really fun experiment for me it's like I've created my own college course yeah how to be a parent and not and not to share like this is what other parents should do but just this is my experience or this is other parents experiences Mm -hmm. and like let's come together and well because also you have judgmental yeah you also have access to like you said experts and some of the the top parenting you know people who've been there and come out the other side 
Whereas without a, the podcast, you may not like it's no. you, you couldn't exactly like call up an author and go, hey, I read your book. I have questions. It's amazing. It's like the you best <laughs> free consult ever. Yeah. And these people that I have on the show. I don't know. I just feel like light attracts light or something. Yeah. yeah. And so the people and you also, you know, I'm sure with your show, like a million people request to be on it and you get mm-hmm. to pick and choose. Like, who do you want to be your little family for the podcast? Right. Um, and so these are all like good, stable people that I have on. Yeah. <laughs> At least the experts are <laughs> that I kind of want. Yeah. So, um, and it's mostly, I don't really care. I shouldn't say this cause it'll like mess up potential branding eventually, but like, I don't care about the sunscreens. Yeah. And the, no. That's not what I'm interested in. Like, like you, it's like, I'm interested in the parent. I'm interested in their journey. Yeah. I don't really care about your kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and someone actually wrote like that, um, that, you know, Atomic Mom's podcast, it's like, um, you know, it's a podcast for parenting for like people who don't even like kids. Cause yeah. they're, like, it's not about that. It's about us. Have and there are a lot of people who don't have kids who listen. Who listen. Yeah. So. A lot of my actor friends listen cause my show is definitely more actor centric, yeah. um, producer, writer centric. Um, have you found in LA that people you've run into people who are like, you have a baby or you have kids. Cause I, every once in a while will <clears throat> encounter those people who are very anti-children. Really? And it's very, it's always surprising to me. And then I remember, Oh, I kind of used to be that person where yeah. I was in LA. I'd be like, I cannot believe you brought your baby to this restaurant where I'm yeah. drinking beer. Totally. Like, I'm still a little a like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, um, I paid for a sitter and now yeah. I have to listen to your kid. No, I'm kidding. That's um, funny. Have I noticed that? Not so seen much. Not I, seen any of that. Do your friends, a lot of your friends have kids? Yes. Mm-hmm. I What I notice is like if someone has a wedding, that's where it gets tricky because they don't understand yeah. that you can't drive to the middle of nowhere and like be on a campsite. You can. Yeah. Um, and some of my friends did do that. I Who's got a hotel. a campsite wedding? I need to it talk was, to It them. was actually really incredible. Oh. It was like a beautiful, spectacular DIY terrible. wedding in Maine and it was spectacular. All right. I'm like, so all I'm picturing is just like a trailer out in the woods somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that would have been my version. Uh, but it was, it was really spectacular and they did it all themselves and it was so beautiful. And, um, and some of our friends did stay in the cabins with their kids. Mm. And for me, that my whole complex had nothing to do with my girlfriend who was, who chose to have the wedding she wanted to have, which is what she should do. Yeah. My complex was like, I feel like I'm not awesome because I'm choosing to stay at the hotel. Oh. I'm not, I wish I were more of a relaxed parent who could, you know, yeah. just cuddle in the sleeping bag together. Oh, and so it's yeah. about being like, you know what? Let's just like leave the judgment at the door. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay at the motel. Like, yeah. I'm not going to. I'm also just not an outdoors person. So being outside camping sounds terrible to me. Yeah. Um, some people are like, you can go glamping. And I'm like, that doesn't make it sound any more appealing. It's just expensive. It's ex- more expensive just... camping is what it is. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I'd be in the hotel yeah. too. So you mentioned that your husband is a writer. Yeah. Um, does he ever put you on his shows? Yeah, he did with Undateable. Do you make him put you on? Yeah, I try like- really hard. I like when he's sleeping, I would just like whisper in his ear and try to, you know, program oh, that's him. that's funny. Uh, with Undateable, I think I had had my daughter six weeks before. Oh, wow. So that was kind of brutal. Yeah. I was a little out of my mind and I was pumping in the dressing room as one would. Yeah. And uh, so my boobs looked amazing. Oh, wow. Uh, but yes, Undateable... Uh, got to do that. It was really fun. It was fun to like 
get to be me again outside mm-hmm. of the home. There's a lot of actors who think that once you have a baby, your career is over. Um, and I'm, that's one of the things I'm trying to reiterate, reiterate with my actor friends is that that's not the case. If anything, no. I think I worked more <laughs> after my daughter was born, yeah. um, than before. It's harder because you have a it's kid, harder. but it's, mm-hmm. but it's easier because you're, something lifts like you're yeah. just freed up you're like well I don't care that much because right. like, you know what I am important I care about I have this a kid. little person who I'm I important love. yeah like I am worthy something shifts and I can't it's hard to describe but something shifts totally. for sure my first tv role happened when I was like six weeks pregnant oh wow and it was for happy endings uh and it was ridiculous because I was the part was that I was in a grocery store tasting deli meat and I choke on the deli meat and I have to get the Heimlich. So I'm secretly pregnant and I show up on set and they had to do, were they doing the pushing up on your stomach? I said, you know, I made up a lie. I was afraid I would get fired if they knew I was pregnant. Uh, and I said, you know, I'm actually vegetarian so I can't do the deli meat because like you're not supposed to go when you're pregnant. And so they gave me a bagel uh, and then I thought, because of theater training, usually like before an actor touches another actor, they'll, they'll walk they'll, through they'll it, walk through it like yeah. slowly, especially something as physical as like the Heimlich. Yeah. So I asked the director, I was like, okay, and are we going to just like walk through the Heimlich? Because I thought at that point I would make some suggestions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and instead we did a rehearsal and everyone's there and Adam Pally comes running up to me puts his arms around my waist and gives me the <gasps> biggest Heimlich. Oh I, my God. Were you freaking out? And I squealed and I turned around and go, I'm so sorry. This is where I'm, t- I, this is where I tell you I'm pregnant. <gasps> and he like recoiled. Uh, he has children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the director was like, okay, we need to take a, we need to take a moment. And I was like, I'm fired. I'm fired from my oh, t- first TV no. role. And he went and he talked to the medic and then I came back over and we worked it out and um, it was fine. I actually ended up falling a few times because I go over the top anyway, but yeah. my baby survived. It was all good, but I just couldn't believe it was like the Heimlich and, and the everything. deli meat. Like yeah. that's the part you get, of course. Yeah. I had a tumor in my knee or near my knee years ago and my first audition back after like learning how to walk again mm-hmm. uh, was a commercial where I was supposed to be a runner. And I had to run in place, oh, and it was so painful. Oh god! <laughs> and I got a call back, and then I was just running in place. And it was like, of course, you get the runner right after you know that. Of course, of course you get you finally get your TV it's part. It's like Hollywood doesn't know or care about anything that's happening in your no. personal life. I also, I feel like it's almost attracted to like mm-hmm. to screw with you though. Yeah, totally. Like oh, you, it's that whole um, uh, book to ticket out of town. Oh, and then that's when you get the Always. audition for the series regular, and you're like, you gotta be kidding! The whole Always. Murphy's Law thing. God, oh yeah me. no I yeah I had like told my agent I quit acting and then I got the bull thing of course <laughs> it's like great of course <laughs> they want it's like a I don't know yeah it's hard because you're like this is you feel like an alcoholic in a yeah. bar like yeah. the town's a bar and you can never leave it so how are you feeling in terms of being able to um people poo-poo the word balance a lot but I don't know why mm-hmm. balance used to be like the buzzword and then everyone's like no one can balance and I'm like well you do how do you figure out that you're, how are you finding the balance between your auditioning, your acting, your writer, podcast mm-hmm. yourself, between that and being a mom? Okay. Maybe I don't balance. Maybe I seesaw. Yeah. Um, mm. 
I don't know. I'm really lucky. My husband's amazing. And Does I'm he work so, from home a lot? Or is yeah. He... I'm so happy. This is terrible. Uh, Undateable was amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm also, that ended, and I'm grateful to have him back um, <laughs> after three seasons. Because he started that uh, when my daughter was born. And so he uh, wrote a show that weekend. She was born on a Thursday? And he had to write a show that week. Like, he never took any time oh off. My gosh. He was, he was a showrunner, so he was there to, like, 4 a.m. all yeah. the time. So it's nice to have him home. That makes seesawing way easier. Yeah. Um, and then with the podcast, I do a lot at night. There's probably less I could do. Mm. There's a great book. Ugh, I want to say it's called The Essentialist. Mm-hmm. And it's about cutting out all the crap and all the busy work. Yeah. And especially with the podcast, there's a lot of busy work. There's a lot of busy work. Chris and I were talking about that the other day because I'm doing, I don't just have this podcast, but I have another podcast that I do. So I have two. The other one I do is called Booze and Phasers. And it's where I get together with my friends, Claudia and Audrey, and we make a specialty Star Trek themed drink and we get drunk and talk about Star Trek. This is amazing. (laughs) I've never seen Star Trek, but I might. It's the nerdiest thing ever, but it's so much fun. And um, we started this several months ago and I am now you know, help with social media for that. I do. And I also do everything for my own podcast. And I know. And by the way, and your it. website, all your blogs, like you are a machine. Oh, thanks. So how do you do this? I how don't do you know. seesaw? I don't know. I, I honestly got to share a tip with that's us. what Chris and I were talking about because I was like, he's like, you have to close one of the apps. Like you said, yeah, you have so, too many uh, apps. Oh, so open. our listeners for the listeners, yeah. um, when Bianca quit atomic moms, <laughs> no, she, she, uh, let me adopt the baby of our podcast and, you know, said she had no ego about it. And she was, I mean, so generous and such an incredible person. That's nice. I was actress. afraid it was going to be some bitter like yeah, story you were hoping for some drama. No, I was worried. <laughs> and I did. That's why I asked you before we started. Cause I didn't want to open up any wound no. that might exist no. <laughs> and, and be like, start, give me a dirt. Yeah. And so on our podcast, when she explained she was leaving, she, uh, had this great metaphor that she had heard about. You can't have, too many apps open on your phone. Mm-hmm. You just can't do it. So what are you going to shut? You yeah. know, what are you going to close? I, um, I'm still trying to figure that out because what's happening yeah. is I feel like I've got all of these, you know, well, you're really balls good at a lot of things. That's hard too. Well, I feel like I'm, I'm just being mediocre at a couple of mm-hmm. things and things are getting lost in translation. Cause I still work every weekend too. I work for um, a new local news station and I write every weekend. I'm there till like midnight. Um, so that's How my job. Are you standing? I don't know. That's why I'm sick right now. I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's or allergies or whatever no, it is. I think my cold. body is like, whoo, but yeah. um, I, it's hard. So I, I still that? am trying to find my balance. I think, um, I think some things fall through the cracks. Like I don't yeah. maybe spend as much time with Channing as I would like. You forget to pick her up at school. Yeah. Like she's probably <laughs> waiting for me right now. No, Where is she? <laughs> no, but I think there's things like that that slip through or my writing slips through a lot. Like I don't get to write as much as I would well, like. When no one at, like I'm sure on the weekend, you know, you're prolific because they mm, need it at the station, right. but I have deadlines. I have to do it. For me, it's like, it's so hard when no one's asking you right. for it's it. Very and I'm like, Oh my God, I should really post on the Huffington Post right now. Mm-hmm. It really, helps my numbers, numbers. and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get new listeners uh and I need to, and I, then I never do it yeah. because also like I'm hypercritical and blah 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 yeah 
I'm the same way. I sit there and I think I've got to write more for HuffPo. I've got to write more for my own blog because while it's right. great to help Huffington Post, I need I help know. my own website too. And I'm still learning about the business side of it because Motherhood Hollywood mm-hmm. is now a business. And yeah, which I is fun know. to, like, to accept, right? It's for so a long great. time I didn't. We, yeah. Like, when it was me and Bianca, we, it was a hobby. Yeah. And then it became like, and Something oh turns God. and it becomes suddenly like, oh, this, this is, is actually a thing. thing. Um, so I'm still, I'm learning. I taught myself how to like make my website. Um, I read a lot online about everybody's experiences and, you know, I try to just soak everything up and it's exhausting and I'm tired and I'm up till one or two every night. And then I think, I think there are definitely areas that are falling through the cracks, but I try to, I make a list. I'm very big with lists or I'll text myself like a list of things I need to do. I'm um, super obsessed with Evernote before. right now. Oh, you like Evernote? Yeah. Yeah. I used to have it, but now I just like, oh, I'll just text myself. Yeah. I guess that's another app I didn't want to have to right. keep up yeah, with. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I, at night before I go to bed, I'll either type up a quick text to myself or email to myself of things I need to do that I do the next day. Yeah. And then I find that I'm like, okay, now I've done sort of this brain dump and yeah. I've got a plan for tomorrow. I can rest easy, get up the morning and just start tackling things that are on my list. So. so that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I do it. I write things down on the list and then I'll like find the list three days later and nothing is <laughs> crossed oh, off I except to for that. Tuesday's episode, right. which, which is so funny because people will suggest other guests or they don't understand that like I'm always behind. Yeah. The, you're like, I got to deal with tomorrow. Like yeah. there's no show for tomorrow right now until yep. I finish editing this. And you just do it once a week. A Tom, mom's <laughs> yeah. that once a week, right? Yeah. Uh, it, the same thing. And I try to get a little bit ahead if I can mm-hmm. so that it's not quite so last minute. Um, but it's hard. Like if you go on a trip with your family, like yeah. you're the mom, like it's yep. hard. Yeah. If you are, um, you know, my daughter's sick from preschool this week. Oh, so mm-hmm. you're just like, Oh, that time, man. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's it tricky. Is hard. Um, I think it does, you know, I like that. It, I like the seesaw analogy, but I think that I, have definitely become more comfortable in letting things go. Like if I don't get to fold all of the laundry, that's okay. That's oh, yeah. all right. It's not, it's no not. one's going to uh, die over it. <laughs> like it's no. just laundry. So the, honestly, like the housework stuff is stuff I let go. People are like, why don't you just hire a cleaning lady? And I'm like, cause that costs money. Yeah. And I'm weirdly private. I don't want anybody digging oh, through my stuff. I'm a hundred percent positive. They're going to look at my underwear drawer. So when this <laughs> podcast is- <laughs> They probably will. They probably will. So you're going to find the vibrator. They're like, this girl is a celebrity. I want to see what kind of underwear she's wearing. Yeah. It's Hanes, by the way. Uh, they're going to sell it on eBay. It's really uh, So when you when <laughs> this podcast gets huge, you're probably still not going to have an assistant because you're not going to want them to like no, go through No, I'm totally stuff. controlling like that. I know, and me Chris too. keeps telling me, he's like, you really are at the point now where you need to hire some help. I and I'm like, how hard. am I going to do that? Like, I know. Uh, I know. And something to think about. Something. Yeah. It's that next step where I have a lot of mom friends who have hugely successful blogs um, who have taken that step and they now have help to help them right. and it helps them grow even more. I but know. But I don't know hard. that I'm, I'm there. I'm like on the ledge. With you, you are. Yeah. We you, should just hold hands and, and like, just jump. Just, we'll figure it out. We'll be our, each other's support system. Let's do it. I think that's something that a lot of women, especially in this town, struggle with because oh man, the voices. So I don't have voices in my head. What I like to th- I have a tribunal of assholes okay? <laughs> in your head, in my head. I don't have voices in my head. I have a tribunal of assholes. They're always in the backseat of my car telling me everything I'm doing wrong. And da, da, da. I work on it. Right. I, I work love on it. it. Um, one of the voices is always saying you're doing this podcast. You know, you're either you're paying a sitter during this time. 
you're not you're podcasting about parenting and you're not with your kid right so that's yeah. pretty negative and awful I think but about it's that so too. worth it yeah and then I go back to my why why am I doing this mm-hmm. and it's totally valid and it's, yeah and my daughter doesn't need me every second it's fine right. but I also think about my husband who uh works really really insanely hard and um, and is supporting our family. Mm-hmm. And so then that's the other like tricky voice of like, uh, yeah, how can I invest in myself even more when he's already investing so much in all of I us? I totally understand what you're talking about because it's the same thing. Chris works at like a nine to five job. He's there looking at spreadsheets all day. Gotta yeah. love him. That sounds horrible to me. <laughs> but, um, and I think about that too. I'm like, why am I not contributing more financially? What, why don't I go out and get a real job? You know, but right. he's never said that. That's stuff I yeah. say to myself, you know. Right, exactly. Those We're too hard on ourselves. I love that um, tribunal of assholes. But it's, I don't know, man. It's worth it. So what do you want to do with, with the podcast? Do you see okay. the podcast becoming a web series? Do you see it developing into something see. more? Oh, or I just got that dreaded tummy feeling of like, yeah. what are you in next? Or why yeah. isn't that part bigger? So what's next on your yeah. list? How are you going to monetize yeah. this crazy thing? Oh my thing? God. So what, but what do you want to do? Like what's your dream what situation? Series regular um, features? You want to be in a show that your husband's written? Forever I wanted to be a series regular. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it still would be a little dreamy or I think it'd be majorly dreamy, mm-hmm. but I am sort of putting that on a shelf for right now. Yeah. Uh, also with undateable, I realized, I don't know, like people or, or friends, you know, when you're in this town for a decade, you have a lot of friends who end up working a lot, um, and who do very well. Mm-hmm. And they're always still like wondering what the next thing is. Yeah. Right. When is it ever enough? When have you reached that point where you're like, I've made it. So I'm trying not to push that right now. Also, I've realized that like I've been married for seven years. No. How many years have I been married? You got married in 2007. 2007. (laughs) Yeah. That that many. Stalking you. Um, I know we got engaged when I was 23 and he was a screenwriter. Uh, He'd sold one thing and he had sheets nailed to the windows uh, in his apartment and he had plastic cutlery. And and I was like so convinced that he was just going to be the stay at home dad. I was going to be a super successful actress. Um, It was all going to work out because I went to Smith and I was going to be the breadwinner. And so I'm still holding out. So hold out. Still holding out. I think, um, about the next step I don't know yet and I'm okay with that because two years ago I never would have thought I'd have a podcast I know, and then crazy? in the past eight months the growth of the podcast um, is a little overwhelming and I every day I just sort of like give it up and then or I'll, it's so crazy have you I, this sounds weird and spiritual but like I'll be like okay God what or whoever mm-hmm. yeah uh, what am I supposed to be doing yeah. Like give me some I do sort that. of sign. I do that what every day. Do? Yeah. I and ask then, God every day to tell me what am I supposed to be? Am I doing the right thing? Am I heading in the right direction? Give me some guidance every and, day. And then it like comes back. Mm-hmm. And then like that afternoon I will get an email and yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Like that happened Here to me is. just last week. Um, I was stressed out a bunch about a bunch of technical stuff. That's the hard thing with podcasting. Like there's a million technical headaches. Yeah, my people Skype don't kept realize. cutting out. Oh yeah. My internet wasn't working. There's yeah. a million problems. And I was like, is this worth it? Ugh. And then I got, there was a Facebook message posted by a mom in Idaho um, about how her four-year-old would find Atomic Moms on her phone 
and on the app and play it and make her turn off NPR. Um, and she was like, this is amazing because she's four and that's hilarious. But also she has Williams syndrome, uh, which is like a, sp- a spatial disorder where she can't, she probably will never be able to write her name or tie her shoes. But oh. she can listen to Atomic Moms to learn more about being a family. So we can learn about being a family, family. together. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there's that- my message. Yeah. And she posted this cute little picture of her daughter, Sophie, and she had these little wings Oh. Um, I was like, this is my angel. Like, I and I don't, I'm not into angels and yeah. I'm not into like, I I'm not that. super, I, I think I am spiritual, but I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, super deep in it. Religious. Um, I'm not religious. How about that? And I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, there's my message. See, there is a purpose. You tell the tribunal of assholes to shut it. Yeah. Shut the next it. time that happens. Um, tell me where everybody can find you and find your show. Uh, go to iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms, plural. And uh, yeah, or on Facebook, Atomic Moms, Twitter, and Instagram, Atomic Moms. And uh, oh, or AtomicMoms.com. <laughs> <laughs> the main, I always forget my website too, AtomicMoms.com. Um, I'm so glad you came over today. Thank you so much this for having really me. This is lovely. I've loved your show for a while and I was hesitant to reach out because I was like, she's probably not going to want to come be on my show. She's a big deal. That's crazy. So I'm always, I let that, those actually, I let that fear kind of take over me for a long time. And then I was like, well, I thought it was so amazing because I was like, we're both in LA and like, Mm -hmm. I have a totally, you know, we're in different genres within the motherhood parenting scope. But I was just so thrilled. I was like, yeah, Go women. I get such a hard on that we're sitting here in your living room and like you have your own equipment. Rocking like we it. are moms like doing it on our own. Like this is grassroots like, really is. podcasting that we're both doing. And I think it's I awesome. It. Like we don't have some guy in the corner, you know, like it's like great. A, an engineer telling us what to do. What to, I do love the control over my show. That's for sure. I love having the control of where it's going to go and when it goes on and all that. Because ultimately, it's my thing, and I'm in charge of it, and I like being in charge. It's your art. Um, But I'm so grateful that you came over. Thank Thank you so so much. much. Uh, And every listener out there, real quick, uh, there are these two sets of tiny little shoes by the door, and (laughs) my heart is melting. Oh, my tiny little shoes. The chan, not mine. Channing's tiny little (laughs) shoes. They're not mine. I have huge feet. Anyway, um, once again, you guys, um, you can find me at MIH Podcast and also on Instagram and Facebook at Motherhood in Hollywood and swing by motherhoodinhollywood.com where I will be typing up a little something, something about Ellie and her show and also put links there as well. Thank you again. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks. And remember, you guys, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Balls.